It's exhausting being black. It is, you know? Yeah, right? It's a lot of work, right? Every fucking day, every fucking day, you wake up and it's an added fucking element. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I mean, sure, it looks fun. Especially when we're like dancing. Flying through the air, ducking to somebody. That shit looks amazing, right? It's a lot of fucking work. Work, 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 work. Shout out Gerard Carmichael. I love that bit. <laughs> um, welcome back. This is Yeah Free Radio, episode two. Um, Want to quickly shout out everybody who uh, listened to episode one. It's really exciting to know that you guys are into the show, and yeah, I'm just happy to feel a need because i know we all need to feel good right now i know i definitely do so this is what it's for anywho for today's episode i'm playing some new jams and some new to you jams maybe Uh, and we're going to be covering will this make me good which is nick hakeem's beautiful album that he released this year i'm really excited about that and it's my favorite album of 2020 and i get to talk to my friend andrew sarlo who is nick hakeem's producer about the project and some of the inner workings and stories behind the whole process so stick around for that later in the show we're also going to get into a lover's rock dj mix which i'm very excited about Um, we're paying homage to this beautiful new film collection uh, that steve mcqueen created called small acts which you can watch on amazon yo if you have not seen these movies yet get into them for now we're going to get into some jams i'm currently listening to just to get ourselves warmed up um so stick around my name is free and you are listening to yeah free radio radio it's sg lewis and lucky day feed the fire shout out lucky day keep cool Lucky is, he's kind of killing it right now, honestly. It's a good record. I think we're onto something, I want some more. It's so familiar, like I've been here before. Don't just look at me with that glaring eyes. Just let it happen, feed the fire. Your sweat is dripping, getting under my skin. I got you open, don't you? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
SG Lewis situation because I think he's dope. If you heard me DJ in the last year, you've definitely heard this record be played. Uh, this is Aura by SG Lewis. Such a groove. Let's go to the dream 
Two seat version. 
that you're hearing right now is from Reggie it's called Campfire you probably won't hear this anywhere else don't tell Reggie you heard it here keep it a secret Thank you. 
Slip and Slide by Sonny Cologne, a very talented singer, songwriter, producer, musician, all the above. Makes wonderful music. Also my Nigerian bro. Big shout out to Sonny Cologne. Looking forward to hearing more music, maybe an album. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to whatever's next. Coming up next, we got Summertime by Charlotte Day Wilson. It's just one of those songs that just puts you in a place. And it just feels good. Check it out. 
But every time I'm looking dead into your eyes And moving your direction Give me some affection Give me some Andrew Sarlo, uh, producer of Nick Hakim's new album, Will This Make Me Good? How you doing, man? I am here to unfold anything that anyone would find interesting and or helpful about dear, beloved Nick Hakim. Let's unfold some things, because I definitely have a few questions. Um, first off, I want to say... Um, I think you guys did an amazing job uh, with this new project. Um, since since Green Twins, I've been just like really, really just like waiting for the next thing, patiently, of course. Um, but I was really excited to see like where you would go next from uh, Green Twins, and it was really cool to see that um, you, you didn't. It wasn't. I guess it wasn't completely different from Green Twins, but it was a really. It felt like an evolution in. In, the, in his sound and um, just in his growth as an artist. And I think you as a producer as well. So um, I guess I want to start with um, uh, a lyric related question because that was just the first thing that was on my mind because in listening to this album, um, I really gravitated towards the lyrical part of it a lot faster than I, than I, than I have with an, with an album in a while. And um, it, it's just really interesting. It, it just feels like a lot of different thoughts weaving in and out and a lot of questions being asked. Did you guys have a conversation about what the lyrics, I mean, what the songs and the uh, album as a whole was going to represent thematically, or was it just kind of like a, all right, well, this song is this, so maybe let's follow this emotion um, through the rest of the album. Uh, what was that process like? Yeah, I, I, I think that it's worth saying how me and Nick had got, well, first off, Nick had gotten the songs to a certain place and he had a wide array of tunes. We all got together and started finessing the majority of them. And then more importantly, we just got to a place where we could very easily understand which songs needed lyrics and which ones were looking okay and just needed vocals to be recorded. And yeah, without invading too much of Nick's privacy, I think that it is worth expressing because people should know how hard certain things are for people to do, is that it was very difficult on the onset for Nick to write some of the words on this record because he knew that it required him to go inward on himself and have to mine himself and have to kick up a lot of dust really and he he was pretty terrified about that and I honestly sitting with him several times just dis simply just discussing it and then hearing what he would come out with after that like either days later weeks later or months later for whatever songs it it truly like blew me away like I couldn't possibly have predicted how direct Nick would be with certain sentiments and ideas. And whenever I first hear anything that Nick does, like I'm always stimulated on so many different levels of what is happening. It could be 
the texture of the recording. It could be what he's doing with his voice. It could be harmonics, harmonic uh, contributions like chords or melody. But I would agree with your exact thing that you just mentioned that the lyrics really stuck out for you on the first time that you listened to it. That when I first heard it too, I was like, damn, I feel like Nick is revealing a lot right now. And it's really cool that he's doing that because we had finished this stuff a while back. We had, especially Nick had finished the lyrics a while back and it is pretty insane how much these lyrics have relevance. On time it feels, yeah. Yeah, it, it feels like we might have finished the album a week before it came out, but that wasn't the case at all. And especially his song, Kadir, when that... Yeah, that's that's the first one I was going to bring up, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of... Man, I just can't be, I can't be more proud of Nick for everything that he's saying in that song because... One thing that I was trying to make clear for both of us, not just trying to apply pressure in any way onto the situation, but it was very, very motivating to me, at least, that we have an audience now who is who is going to be excited when Nick comes out with new music. And with that excitement, I was really excited that we could try and push our collective effort in a certain direction that will justify people's excitement for him as an artist and for his next release. So when you put Kadir out first and he's saying the things that he's saying, it it just, it, I feel like it resonates in this almost like creepy way. Like it, it's exactly what some people needed and it's exactly what I needed to be honest. And I'm just, I couldn't be more proud that it's so direct and Nick is pretty fear, fearless for doing that because he then has to be accountable for all the things that he says in his music and it really makes me so proud of him for for shining light on things that a lot of men don't really openly discuss. I just wish I could ask 
I, I think Will This Make Me Good, that, that song might be my favorite lyrical feat of Nick's on the whole album. I, I, I because, think so as well. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever... I'm sure, I'm sure this exists, but I don't think I've ever heard someone sing so directly uh, at pharmaceutical companies and doctors prescribing kids kids you know like kids and teenagers Uh like medicine in order to make them fit into society like i don't think i've ever really heard songs that the whole song's lyrical message is about that and knowing nick the way that i know him i think that it is super subversive of him for to do that and it is super powerful for him to rebel against that and i i could just relate to being in like special ed all my life all the way until I was in like high school and feeling this lack thereof or inadequacy to be normal with the other kids and like take tests with the other kids and I know Nick feels similarly so it's like when he plays when he when he had the lyrics done for that song and I'm listening to it like every time I hear it leading all the way up to the end of the second verse I just get more and more jacked up it's like yeah that's right like we shouldn't have to like this is just a bad plan. Give these kids pills yeah. and then they will be tranquilized into society. Like that is just a terrible plan. Tell me a bit about how you guys kind of started this project. Like how long did it take for you guys to get it all done? Yeah. I, I so Nick again super 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 uh important to establish that Nick records so many of these songs on his own to begin with and it's his vision from the start that is the songs that you that are the songs that you hear on this record and when he started working on this next record he really wanted to see how much of it he could do on his own and I totally support that because we had done the first two EPs together and we've known each other for coming up on 10 years we met in college and then when I uh, decided to lend um, him, you know, help to record his music. He hadn't recorded his music yet for his solo project. And I offered him help and we went down this rabbit hole of like three years working on the two EPs that were an album, but we, it got split up into EPs. yeah. Yeah. But it's like in that journey, we really got so close that we ended up doing his first full length green twins together and that also was a crazy journey. And <laughs> yeah. ending ending that, um, it was very easy to stomach Nick wanting to see how much he could do on his own because he had learned so much by working together that he wanted to see what he could experience in his solitude and just as like a producer too, you know, because yeah. I, I want everyone to know that any of these records, to me, they're co-productions between myself and Nick. It's and. The only thing that I could say that I contribute, and maybe he would say more, but for me, it's like, man, just getting him to really focus in on what is necessary in order to finish these songs out and then, you know, just have it have all a sonic thread down from the beginning of a song all the way to the last song on the album, at least hopefully, like anyone who who does what I do and they want to take it seriously, you end up reading a lot 
or listening to producers talk a lot or watching a lot of videos. And I don't know where I heard this one, this tidbit, but like the idea that the old fashioned producer is someone who is overseeing a product in its production from start point to end point and getting it done efficiently and timely. So when it comes to anyone asking me to help them on their album, the absolute last thing I want to do collectively is get ourselves into all these problematic dead ends creatively where we are, our morale just keeps getting shot at and we just keep finding it more and more and more difficult to work on the music. Like that is my absolute nightmare. So when it comes to Nick getting these songs for, will this make me good to a certain point? He came to me and he was like, I need your help now. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do this now. So it required taking the inventory and figuring out what, what he has, what do we need? What do we need to redo? If anything, who do we need to call to come and do something? Like it became this awesome, uh, to-do list that was so exciting and it required because I live in Los Angeles now Nick is still in New York so it required Mm -hmm. us to to travel back and forth and it was it was really magical because we both rediscovered how valuable it is for us to work together just for our own like creative outputs like what Nick does sonically in his music I always describe it as taking a whole record store and putting it in a food processor and then (laughs) eating that. And I like, you know, I I love that about Nick's music because we just share so many different types of music in common that, yeah, working on any of Nick's songs is so fun for both of us because we're just having fun with music instead of like trying to accomplish something, I guess, other than yeah. the, the best that we could possibly do. But to sum it up, <laughs> uh, Nick invites me, invites me back in to uh, help him with this. We start working on the songs. We're flying back and forth between LA and New York. And then that pivotal conversation where he had realized he needs to finish writing the words and record the vocals because we had gotten everything up to a certain point. And then uh, it was a long process of mixing. And for anyone who is uh, audio engineer and has had experience ever recording things through cassette, recording things to tape, recording things just straight digitally, um, there's a lot of different timbres going on, a lot of different levels of noise and hiss in certain tracks and all these things it's enough to drive any engineer crazy (laughs) so when it comes time to mix nick's music like i would without a doubt say half of the time making any of nick's albums it's half production and then half mixing and if i was better at mixing maybe it would be less amount of time mixing but while we're mixing, the album presents itself to us and it becomes part of the production too because we're learning things like, yeah, the vocals are like totally insane here. Maybe we do need to dry it up. And 
Another side tangent is, you know, Nick's voice is stupid beautiful. And if anyone has ever had the fortune of seeing him sing live where it's only one layer of his voice, it's the purest thing ever. It's like, I I always talk about how he's got like this ring in his throat that is just like golden. So we are recording his voice in ways that are still intentionally obscured at times, but cleaner than the last two efforts, I would say. So yeah, if, if it felt like he was a bit more like right in the middle of the record, um, like, yeah, like kind of like standing there, like yes, like I want you to hear me. Not that yeah. he was ever hiding, but it's it seems more intentional this time. Like I want you to hear what I'm telling you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's a, a subconscious thing that me and him pick up on. It's not like Nick comes to the situation and he's like, "Bro, Kadir, listen to these lyrics, love them. Let's not wash <laughs> it out. Cool, okay, cool." It's more of like we're mixing Kadir and we're realizing like the more and more and more we hear the song on like the 100th time, we're like, you know what? I think we should lessen the reverb. And it's yeah. a, it's a subconscious feeling. It's never really like that um, heady or anything, not to, not to self-describe the music as heady or advanced or anything, but like the idea that we're thinking like, oh, well, this message really should be drier. It's more of like subconsciously we're realizing this is making so much more sense for it to be heard without this effect. So, yeah. And I think that's cool because I, I, th- I think it's important to like, kind of let the music dictate like how, how you treat it and how you like, like just really sitting with the music and letting it tell you what to do versus like being like, okay, this is how the song should feel. It should be. Yeah. Yeah. And we and we don't really know what we're doing. So it's not even like a, a thing. <laughs> it's not even like a thing like, oh, well, as long as uh we mix it this way, it'll get done in two weeks. It, it's not like that at all. Like the album yeah. really presents itself the closer and closer any of the bounces that we make uh get to feeling just right. So then we got the album to a certain place. It was actually 17 songs and was 71 minutes of music. We got it mastered and it existed in that form for, uh, I want to say months, like maybe two to three months and it was done. So we left it alone and it wasn't until we had a really, really great, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it an intervention, but a few people were commenting on the music to Nick and then a couple to me about whether it's really finished or not. And it really started to get me and Nick thinking that we could probably do this one better. And the moment that we dove back in, we had already mastered, we had already technically submitted the thing we decided that we would go back in and this is to me just totally classic nick and and sarlo form because (laughs) each each record that we've done so far has taken two to three years so and i don't really necessarily pride myself on that it's like it'd be great if we could do it faster 
Yeah, it, that's just what happens. So we go back, we dive back in, and when we dive back in, it's pretty feverish, like, at least for me. Like, I'm really, really trying to step up at bat and, like, try and make it sound better because it it was the elephant in the room before we dove back in. I, I didn't think it sounded good enough. Nick had his, his apprehensions as well. He's like, it sounds good in headphones. But then we listened in my buddy's car and it was just a mess. <laughs> he was like, it, he's like, it sounds bad. And it's like that, that's a good, that's a good indicator of like, yeah, I think we got to go back to the drawing board a little bit. So we remove, we remove some songs and we trim Kadir down from 11 and a half minutes to like seven and a half minutes or whatever it is uh, now and uh, do some other tinkerings and stuff. I probably mix it once over probably seven times or something like that until we finally land on the final mixes. We have a mastering date with Mike Bosey, let's say on a Tuesday, and Nick flies into LA and we're still finishing the mix for bouncing uh, at 11 p.m. the night before. And then we... And then we get in uh, to mastering, and we 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 do it. We do it. We end it. We're done, and that was it. And the rest is now in the world. And I am, you know, you mentioned earlier that you you could hear like an evolution in in our collective output on this album. And, and I have to. The first thing I thought of when you said that is like we're both getting older and gaining experience. We're still kind of the same, but it's like I pride myself in the one fact with this album that once we finished it for real, the second time I actually was able to stomach it and be like, okay, this is it. This is it. And I, yeah, I felt like I gave it everything I could. And if I could give it any more, it's going to be on someone else's record or something. You know what I mean? It's like, th- this is, this is capped out and, uh, it, it communicates itself. Uh, a couple of the people who had mentioned something about the record when it was first completed, they had heard it the second time and they had given us the validation that we were hoping for saying that it was great. And, yeah, proud proud of uh proud of it, but always a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. This one. 
What's that listen like when it hits you that it, that you that you got it? Like what happens from there, and and what's what's that feeling like? I'll be so transparent that it did not feel like actual music, and what I mean by that is, as Andrew Sarlo as a person, I medicate my mind by listening to music, and when I listen to the music, it feels like a tangible object and it yeah. Nick's Nick's album did not feel it, it, I, I was so close to it like closer I think I was this is my this is the album that I was the closest to aka heard it so many times that it did not feel like something outside of my own like mind until Kadir was released as a single. So it w- like once that was released and it was accessible to other people to hear, and it wasn't necessarily through people's um, evaluation of the song that I could hear it as something outside of me and Nick, but it was more so of like, right, other people are going to listen to this. And it felt a lot more real when that happened and a really beautiful moment was when me and my partner, Michelle were in the kitchen and we're on YouTube during a live streaming uh, release party of Nick's album the day before it came out. His label had uh, created an event. So anyone who was interested could listen to the album together for the first time and like chat in a chat room. And that like was a very emotional experience for me, for Michelle even, because God, she listened to this album almost just as much as 
as I did. She was so excited yeah. about it, and <laughs> she had a Dropbox link, you know. So like, even she was like getting a little choked up that um, it was finally out in the world, and it was being received the way that you thought it potentially could be. I think that's yeah, it, cause that's beautiful. It's, it's, it's not like I really sometimes struggle to find the correct words to describe how what this means to me, but it's like all I could ever ask for with how people could evaluate anything that I've done that I'm really proud of. I just hope that it means as much to them as it could to me. And it doesn't necessarily, it, I am not like, how can I say this? It wouldn't surprise me if it didn't, but if it did, then mission accomplished. You know? Yeah. But it's it it's cool that you, you know, um that you set out to do something that that was pleasing to the both of you. Like that's like, okay, so you and I, we both agree that this is good. Okay. Give it to the world. The one thing one thing that Nick said was really helpful during the process was he was getting very distracted by so many things and I wanted him I wanted to reassure him that the only reason why he should be doing anything, anything with music should be for himself. And he should tune out Mm. any audience or anyone around him. And it should only be for him. And that's kind of how I felt too, before it was released. It kind of just felt like it was just for me and Nick to enjoy. Like almost as if like, like if Nick was, if Nick and I were, completely off the grid like that would still be an album that we would make together and it'd just be like something to satisfy both of our like listening pleasure you know what i mean and yeah it didn't feel at at one point it didn't feel like anyone was gonna hear it so when it finally <laughs> did come out it it surely was um it was just exciting to to really have people devour it wh- whether or not they like it or not it's just exciting that like it people could hear it. And I don't know why it felt so much different. Uh, This album felt so much different than any other album that I've ever been a part of. It just felt different. And it's probably just because uh, it really does at times just feel like it's almost too personal for, for Nick and I. Music is best when it makes you feel good and also serves you in some way. Yeah. I think, I think this album definitely did that, but I think the most beautiful part about it, like you said, is that, you guys were your audience. It's like this is this is for us to enjoy, and and we'll work, we'll welcome the world in on that enjoyment. Uh, and if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But that's I think that's how music is supposed to be made, and I think it's beautiful that that's the approach. I'll tell you what, it, you just this day and age in twenty twenty, uh, you gotta let me rephrase that. <laughs> if you could find someone who is willing to go on the journey with you, then it can 100% be about just for your ears. You know, while you're making it, it's just for your own enjoyment. But there are tons of times where priorities and uh, motivations for certain people are different. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the product will be bad. But I think that you can really easily hear when a tight-knit group of people or person made something 
Like you could just kind of hear that they were spinning it a lot in order for it to become what it is. I I don't do it that often anymore, but every now and then, if if there's an album that I really really like, kind of am compelled by, I I I fish around to see like if the reviews are sharing the same sentiment that I that I that I have about the album. Yeah. Um. And I definitely did that with this one, and I saw some great reviews. I saw some reviews that I didn't love. Um. I'm wondering if if reviews are something that you guys even care about or pay attention to. I will not even front right now that, of course, they affect us and they mean something to us because why wouldn't any critical opinion, um, why wouldn't it be something yeah. of value? However, I would say that when you read... Just like how when you listen to someone speak, you can get a guttural sense as to whether they they know what they're talking about or not, or whether they are putting in effort to understand something that they're talking about. And there were there were some reviews that when I read for this album, I'm not looking to them for validation. I know before I read any review of Nick's album that what we did was great because of what it how what it means to me and Nick. So exactly. when I read a review and it's not favorable, I am going to read that thing with a total open mind because I say this to my friends all the time. I don't feel like anyone's critiquing me honestly. Too many friends are saying that something sounds good or something and I would love it if someone ripped me apart so that I, so that I could then like begin to uh, accelerate any type of arrivals that I want to have at some point in my life or whatever. So like a bad review, it's like, let's go. I want to read this. I want to learn something that I'm not aware of. But if you read a review that so plainly just doesn't seem like the person who wrote it either took the time to understand it or they're offering up really basic observations of yeah. Nick's music that mm-hmm. are just ridiculously uneducated or uh, just soft, like just nothing, just super weak. It's, it's sad because I think that music criticism on one hand is a dialogue between uh, an audience and the performer. So if it's um, productive, then it could actually have an influence on the music for the better. But if it's, if it's unproductive, then it's just confusing. Then it's actually misleading. Like then it could deter in worst case scenarios, some people, not necessarily that are already in the audience, but some who don't even know what it is. So yeah, there is a couple that when it happened, because I'm so close to this album, it did affect me. Now, do I carry it with me as a grudge? Hell no, because the moment that that takes over anyone, that is a sad day for humanity. Because what we've just built our guts on in this talk is that this whole record was ju- motivated as just being something for Nick and I to enjoy the moment that someone else enjoys it and doesn't like it, that should not remove any value the album Absolutely. has on myself Absolutely. and Nick. So 
it is what it is. And it was just honestly comical to me, more comical <laughs> than it was to uh, upset. And I, know and I know we're talking about the same review, so... <laughs> <laughs> we definitely are, and we don't need to name it. But if you yeah, if you are not. if you are a publication that has a wide reach, and you know they don't accurately write about it, it's not necessarily write about it favorably, just accurately write about it. But that yeah. publication, for which won't be named, has gotten a lot of albums wrong. So it Lots. don't it, too many. Yeah, it don't matter. Too many. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I just think that um, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, you know, the music is for the people. But at the same time, you just kind of want the platforms that are, are deemed "quote unquote" respectable to really, really do the due diligence and and really like serve the music and not and not try to serve themselves as like the, this this critical highbrow uh, platform. One hundred percent. And I was telling. I couldn't shut up really to Michelle, my partner. I couldn't shut up about how the reason why something mattered to me critically on this album was because it would further push Nick's career into the place that I believe it deserves to be at. And when it's not in a light that I think it should be, that's when it can affect me because it's about Nick at the end of the day. And I, without a doubt, think that Nick is one of the most gifted people I've ever met. We're going to take a quick break for some more music. Stick around for the rest of our interview with Andrew Sarlo. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Yeah Free Radio. We'll be right back. Yeah Free Radio! Watching. 
feeling, it's healing. She's willing to pick you up at LAX repeatedly. I mean, I need that pick you up at LAX kind of love. <laughs> um, but this is Wolfpack and Joey Dosick with LAX. Next up, we got Jody Abacus with Hungry Like a Puppy. Jody's got one of my favorite voices out of the UK. He's just consistently delivering like really great, danceable, 80s feeling kind of tunes that just make you feel happy.
speaking of British voices, um, this record is by D May. It's called Basic Love. It's very new to me, but I'm really enjoying it, and the texture of her voice is lovely. Um, next up, we got Masego and Don Tolliver with Mystery Lady. Life, I come across fans and hoes And I like to give my fans a rose Curse of the talented everywhere I go They wanna change clothes and pose But my wife be in my dreams, bruh No, I couldn't see it. I saw a silhouette I know I can make a win But when I wake up alone, no, no I just break out the phone, phone, phone. Thinking I can make this many songs But a lady when I haven't been Bitch, I got a sack now. Fucking bad bitches, I blow a bitch back now. Back to the bando. I Tokyo drift like the sample. When shit wasn't sweet and so simple. When it was just churches and candles We ain't had no Turks and no Caicos No fresh bread to kill for the sandals We learn how to pedal, no handles Back when we traveled, we trapped and we pedal right front of the sandals Like who in the maps? I'm running the maps I run it like laps, they running in laps I might overlap and won't double back Cause my past is my past They open my path and part of my back She wanted the back, wanted some rap Mine's came with the name, hers came with some change We want the same thing, let's not get off track Back up in that bitch skating My wrist alone is a wrist, I'm saying super Saying blonde, her lace front on. Makeup don't make me wait too long. Put 
great to that great pawn. I play football, my bitch watch VH1. First 60 days report. She been around till I wait too long. It's Young T and he be that boy I talk death but I don't like guns I talk love but I don't got none They talk charts but they don't got one You got a stage then it's 1.1 for one hour Niggas came second to me, they so sour Had a slow climb, that's why they all doubt him And still came out on top, now that's power Fuck they respect, I won't miss a step I won't intercept the tip of my tongue I still got my soul in, still got the check like Bling bling bitch, I feel like Juve Raw as fuck bitch, I feel like sushi Watch blank face, it feel like groovy Neck looking like a thot and labor But it's going up like it's an escalator Boys going down like Titanic sailor Y'all to hearing him from Decatur Flocko freer than a Costco plate of them samples Nigga, I'm ample When that suit come on, I throw a tantrum That's Igor, Igor, he a hot potato Y'all small fries, for example, nigga Um don't run with the rattle-log, nigga, I'm the catalog, I'm the human Adderall, little-ass bitch, nah, you ain't in my category, unicorn rare, better put a saddle on, nigga. Y'all rapidly rap, y'all critically claim, they gassing you up, I went to your show and took little nap, that's why we not in the same bracket attacks, I'm that nigga. Bitch. I did it all with a passion, I'm a guard in this fashion Niggas trying to fit in with their arms in my jacket Had to pull myself together like it's all elastic Got the heart of a dragon, I'ma stalk on me Patrick Heard the bitch was talking shit, so I caught him in traffic I'm the type to walk in your house and shit on your mattress Slow down, you're spitting everywhere I'm good, you can take it all away yeah. I'm God, they follow me, cause I know the way I'm in Philly and we all fly If we don't got the whip, we do the walk by All your new pics should be archived If you cross paths, if you cross side Had to slap the bitch, chose the wrong side Mob ties, bitch, you get hog ties. Shit, chose the wrong side. Back, I love your flow, and everybody rhyming like that. Had to clean out my trunk to put your mom in the back. The cops pulled me over, they don't know your mom in the back. Big whack, making niggas take permanent naps. These hoes can't rap, they need a permanent pack. I ain't fucking with you boys, need a cervical cap. Okay, I'm bored. Okay, I'm tired. Sleepy. Girls in my area cold Dark skin, light skin, medium tones Permitting braids, got mini afros Thick lips, got hips, some of us don't Big nose contours, some of us won't Never wanna pass in the media, bro Wanna fat booty like Kardashians Wanna fat booty like my auntie got a yo We like the blood clot, tell her reload it I've got the camera, my girls are posing I need some backup, then my ones are rolling Grown women things, I'm never at risk Mind my own business, I'm never in mess Who am I? I ain't made, get a slice of the cake Wanna house with a view and a new pair of shoes Keep it real from the jump, Gucci gang, little pump Little vibe, little bass, little kick, little snare, little lies, big truth do you, they don't care Do you, they don't care Get your ass out the box and build up from there I don't have a gang with me But I still walk with a gangster lean And rock Nikes cause we think they're clean MJ leather jacket be it Billie Jean MJ leather jacket cause I think I'm bad That's cool, I like it The growth, the lie, the pain, the fight We love, we fight, we hurt, we cry He paid the price, you'll be
girls in that area cozy These black girls need to be in the shows Be on the runways, not just mood boards On top of that, we got a steam in your team Look at your crown, natural, relax at the Jericho On time, soft and sheen Where black girl magic is sometimes blue Might broke a hairband or two Raise my voice, you're gonna say that I'm angry Kiss my teeth and now you say that I'm hood Kid at 16, you say it's my destiny Drive range, you think I'm up to no good Give us a break and let us breathe, man Give us a chance that is a chief, fam And I know that my hair looks a bit different today So don't touch my hair like new hair, who dis? Old black woman jacket and a bantu twist Look, mind over matter, I can handle this We're fine, took a second of a Horton recipe I think that I care too much But all of a cover see air Two cups, I've got nothing to show But you love, check my flaws and all my trials I was black back when it wasn't even in style That's cool, I like it The growth, the life, the pain, the fight We love, we fight it's out in the world what, what are some of your takeaways from the album and like do you have a favorite song like just any anything that you feel like you took from this process that you'll carry into um work going forward or just carry with you for your own personal life well wow, okay so definitely like more introspective than, <laughs> definitely a more introspective moment i had with myself than necessary in this very moment maybe because of all the things uh happening but um my favorite song, without a doubt, is this song called Bouncing. And the reason why is because I had never heard a song like that ever in my life before. Yeah, I don't think I got the mix to where I wanted it in my mind to be because I really just felt so many times while working on that song that this is shaking my core like it just shakes me it's so it's so powerful harmonically that song just honestly feels like it can it can throw you into outer space and you're never coming back or something so (laughs) absolutely so so when so when we're working on it it's like god i i i just i with i i don't know i i feel like i could fight to the grave saying that Bouncing is one of the coolest songs I've ever heard, whether or not I had anything to do with it. And then you add the bias that, like, there's these three layers of background vocals that Nick did in front of me. And something that, when we first started working together, Nick would do his vocals completely on his own. It's what made him comfortable. It's how he wanted to do it. And then in the middle of this record, we did some vocals together. And then when we ended this record, we recorded vocals together. But this was a really amazing moment for my relationship with Nick, but also just we're recording these three background vocals. I guess it doesn't matter whose idea it was. There's a whole musical passage at the end and it was thrown out in the air. We need to just put vocals over this like anything doesn't matter. Try something so Nick did one layer and it was like, while it's happening, it's like, duh, we need another layer. So yeah. quickly, <laughs> quickly duplicate the track, record another layer. It's getting real hot. And then duplicate that track, add the third layer. And I cannot really explain to anyone how magical 
it was to hear Nick do those intervals that he was doing. And then, yeah. and then looking back, looking behind me, cause he was standing behind me holding the 441 in his hand. Uh, he was standing behind me and I, and I, and I turn around because he had just done something so extraordinary to, to me that I just turn around almost like to give him the nod of approval. And, and, and the dude is just full red in the face, eyes rammed shut. And he is going, he is launching into another realm. And I honestly was scared by the look of his face. It was like intimidating to see someone sing that aggressively and it wasn't even like it it was singing it wasn't yelling it wasn't screaming it was singing aggressively so to this day man there's there's like two moments in that outro where the strings and his vocal just hit each other in this way that i've teared up more listening to that song than probably all songs that i've ever heard put together and yeah, it's and it just really kicks my ass that song. <laughs> I mean, it me. I mean, when 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 that and the part you're referring to, I'm assuming is like the the bridgey, like all these lonely strange. I mean, all these strangers it's, marching. It, it's it's the part after that. It's like all the uh, like, okay, okay. It's all the like woozy background vocals that are like going from yeah, because it gets it gets really stuff. lush in that part. Oh yeah, when it, when he starts doing the uh, the high like yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, that was crazy. Exactly. exactly. That was crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see why that's a favorite. I mean, that's definitely it's definitely like top three or four for me. I really love all these instruments too. That's a man. That's that a really song. One. That song. Like okay, so the takeaway of the whole album, honestly, really short. It's that everyone cherishes different songs, you know, and that's like the coolest <laughs> thing is that it's not like you could hear, I don't know, like. To Pimp a Butterfly, one of the most important records of the last decade, obviously, it's like everyone could listen to that album and have their favorites, but everyone could say, like, All Right is absolutely incredible, like, pretty unanimously. But with this record, it's like there isn't that one song, and maybe if there was that one song, it'd be even better, but it was just, like, watching people react to different songs differently and when anyone likes the song drum thing as their favorite i get super pumped when anyone likes all these (laughs) instruments the most i get super pumped when anyone likes woo the most i get super pumped it's just it's all very beautiful great yeah it's it's just it's really cool it's really cool to um to hear people's favorites you know because god we worked on this shit so hard and it's so cool to uh that people genuinely favor it like fa- gen- gen- genuinely love it or or love yeah. a song you know it just it means a lot so do you have a favorite lyric on the album and why and if you do have one what is it and why oh my god okay this might require like a second of thought so <laughs> please take your time um man Honestly, probably just the first two lines of Kadir, like the very, very first two lines, just Nick outlining uh, to be kind to your space, to your temple, to your neighbor, uh, just all that stuff. It's just like, man, Nick's golden rule. You know what I mean? And it just like feels like if you can understand the first two lines of Kadir and put that into practice, 
humanity's well on their way to be better, you know? Yeah. And and I feel like that that's, I mean, a lot of lines in that song will, will really, in, in a time like this, um, stand out. Because even like the, there seems to be a complexity to being kind. Like lines like that really stand out to you. Like a, certain things make certain albums stay with you because you remember how you felt when you heard that lyric of just like a yes. Yeah. This, this, this rings true. Like it's, it's like that Marvin Gaye, what's going on mode. And I'm just like, there's certain lines in that song that just like makes you think about what was happening in the world when that line was, was said. Yeah, and how and little think, it's changed, man. It's just it, it. That's why it's like Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. What is going on? Please, someone say. You know, it's it's like, yeah. And it, honestly, like, there's so much cryptic things in Nick's lyrics that, whether intentional or not, really blow my mind too. Because he is actively speaking about climate change throughout the whole album as well. And like, for wow. him to say, yeah, yeah, I do, he, I do, yeah, about the drowning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he's like, oh in Kadir, the first line is like, Oh, we have fallen, fallen. down a hole and we're sinking. And, we're sinking. Yeah. and it's like, we are sinking the rising water levels. It's just like, man. Yeah. It's metaphoric, but it's also, it could be very specifically on the nose. Like this is about climate change. A plus. Yeah. I, I think this album is a gift. And I mean, I don't want, I, I guess I don't, I don't want it to seem like I'm just super fanning out, but I am super fanning out. Um, I think this album is a gift and I'm really happy that, um, you guys, and, and I'm, I'm not big on artists' expectations because I really just want to see where they're at. I don't really necessarily want them to like do what I want them to do. I want to see where they're at and just kind of follow them. And um, it was a really beautiful journey just traveling through this album and seeing like all the different moods and um, from and and just the production in itself and how it's built. Like you, it, it puts you in a place like you feel like you're in a world when you're hearing the album. And I think a lot of it has to do with the mixing, but a lot of it has to do with like the scenery that's set up in the lyrics. Absolutely, um, it's, very, it's very cinematic, um, sonically and lyrically. And I, I, f- I felt a sense of pride in hearing this album and just knowing, like, wow, not only did not only was it just like um, really like as good as I thought it could be, it was it's also surpassed that. Um, so, man, hats off to you for doing such beautiful work and hats off to Nick for um, really channeling something special uh, with this project. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, Free. Andrew, my man, thank you for this beautiful music and thank you for coming back to the show. I always say that if anyone is interested in any of the things that we've ever talked about, I will say as much as anyone wants because if I was interested in someone's music and they were willing to say things about it, I would be really excited to hear them. So as long as people are interested, I, I'm very grateful to be able to share. Yes. And I will continue to be interested and I'm looking forward to doing this again for the next classic uh, you guys put out. Might not be too far away. Oh, oh we're, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it won't take two years. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we might we might need that in about a year with the, with how things are going now. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah, it's like Nick, help us out. We need some. Uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> point us in the right direction, dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, take care, my man. Be safe out there in this in this craziness. Um, and thank you once again. Thank you, Free. Appreciate you, man. One of my favorite things about music is just diving into an album that I really love and just extracting all the nuance from it and the information from it. So, man. So much fun to do that, and thank you, Andrew, so much. I also want to say, uh, 
the first, my first award. I'm giving my first award, my first free free. It's the new Grammys, <laughs> but it's not like best. It's like favorites. So the first free free for album of the year goes to Nick Hakim. Will this make me good? We got more free frees to give out before the year ends. I love saying it. It's just funny. Um, but that's my first one that I'm giving out. Album of the year, Nick Hakim. Will this make me good? If you have not heard that album, that's your homework for tonight. Anywho, as promised, we're about to get into my Lover's Rock mix. We're, we're saluting uh, Steve McQueen, one of the great black creators of this time. He has given us a beautiful, incredible collection of five films called Small Acts. It's on Amazon. Go watch it. Let's get into this Lover's Rock mix. We're going to close it out with that. Thank you guys so much for tuning into episode two. This is Yeah Free Radio. My name is Free. I'm signing out.
Just keep it like it
best just to make it quick Pour my tin to the sink Cause there must be something she can do This heart is broken in two Tell her it's a case of emergency There's a patient by the name of Gregory Prescription for me. She's the one, the only remedy. Night nurse, only you alone can quench this thirst. 